before you enter a committed relationship, like really ask the questions. I asked the craziest questions, so did she, before mm -hmm. we got actually committed and actually removed the sexual component from the dating experience, which I'd never done before. Interesting. Girls gotta eat. Welcome back. Big week. If you're watching, we're wearing the merch for the city. <laughs> I Raina's we wearing. Really went deep on the merch. The today. best sweatshirt, which I have that sweatshirt, but I have it in New York. So I feel like we need to wear them together and be like how it started, how it's going. I'm yeah. wearing a hat up on the airport. I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> and it is my moving week. Oh my God, Ash. So the 6th today, and then if you're listening, and then the 10th, Friday is when I move into my new house. We are LA residents. And then you just locked in your house. Yeah, I was crying in the car. I'm a little teary-eyed. Oh um, I'm just, I'm really excited. I feel like you and I have like a lot on our plates. This has been a lot to juggle. The Airbnbs and moving and yes. finding a new place. And do we get a car, which we're going to talk about. And also work and our tour and this wedding. You also do officiate the wedding, which happened last weekend. We'll talk about it later. But <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's a lot. Every day, I just have to remind myself, like the people around you are smart. You have a support system. It's going to be okay. Take it a moment at a time. Even the house is on fire at all times. So um, <laughs> it, I think I will be signing my lease today. If I think falls through. I'll let you guys know. But I think we're both residents now, so we're wearing the merch. We live here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll continue this conversation. Okay, and this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash gg. So you know if you listen to this show that we are such fans of therapy and anything that can really improve your mental health and get you to a better place where you are loving and enjoying your life more and spending the time the way you want to. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time, but the question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. So therapy can really help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. It's so helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, empowering you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma, et cetera. It helps you with your relationships, whether romantic, friendships, family, all the things. So we really cannot recommend it enough. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and then switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. So again, check out BetterHelp, see if it works for you, learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash GGE today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash GGE. As of now, we are like back from this whirlwind trip, which was a wedding in Jamaica, Bobby and Izzy. I officiated it. I mean, we're doing this day before we leave. So if all goes according to plan. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly I'm officiating it. And even though they're very obviously already married. <laughs> I haven't seen people be that outright with, we already have been married. We're married. Have fun coming down to this party. When you said that to me, I, it like washed over me. I have never seen <laughs> someone so publicly be like, we're married. I had a call with them about the officiating and was like, can I bring this up? Can I talk about how I'm just up here for show? <laughs> You're like a show pony. You're like, like a Halloween very already married. Yes. <laughs> and it's funny because I am. 
an ordained minister. Mm -hmm. Yes. So whatever. Don't even use me for my (laughs) ordainment. My credentials, but no. And then we were going to go to Miami and we always love to go to Miami in like March this time of year or so. And then the shows, I'm assuming they were all incredible. Anything crazy, we'll talk about it next week. But yeah, thank you guys for coming. The shows have been really, really fun. And we'll see you in Sacramento for our first Sacramento show ever in a couple weeks. And then we are going (laughs) to Milwaukee (laughs) and Minneapolis. And we basically have to fly into Milwaukee a day early. (laughs) So I was Googling last night what to do in Milwaukee. Ashley sent me this market. She's like, you're just going to spend all your time at this market. I love a market. I know. I'm going to have some cheese curds and some beer and you'll be at the market. I'll be at the market. Well, I'm excited (laughs) to see what Milwaukee's all about. Isn't it in Bridesmaids? That's where they lived. I have no clue. I randomly know that. I think because I'm always curious where a movie or TV show is supposed to take place. I always want to know. So I'm pretty sure they were in Milwaukee. But doesn't she like travel back and forth to Dougie's house in Chicago? (laughs) I make this up. Tessa, can you look this up? Milwaukee and Chicago. Dougie lives in Chicago. (laughs) Good memory. That's great. Can I tell you what I thought of? I posted this on my Instagram. It's a picture of you and I at the Drew Barrymore show Mm -hmm. looking at each other and really speaking to each other without any words. And I thought of the speech, Helen's speech. And (laughs) she goes, I feel like we can communicate with just a look. (laughs) That's how I feel. That is one of my favorite scenes of any movie ever where they like keep getting back up there and then she like (laughs) fakes Spanish and she's like, hola, hola se, hola. You should be using Babel. Um, Yeah, that was a scene that you were watching. You're like, this is unbelievable. Like how hard are they going to go? How much more. I know. I wonder how much is improvised. I don't know how people get through scenes like that and they don't just like <laughs> fall on the floor. Kristen Wiig is like the best. Oh, I love She's that like movie. The goat. I know. Well, we have such a great episode today. We're so excited about this guest. Rain has been trying to get him for a while. He's <laughs> 6'4". I have been trying to get him for a while. <laughs> but he's wonderful and has a very serious girlfriend and I respect their relationship and I'm, oh I'm not going to make it weird. But yeah, we've wanted to have him for a while. We've had all of his cronies on the show. You know, we've had Matthew Hussey and Jay Shetty and Andrew Huberman and I I've seen him do those shows and them do his. And we've always just thought he was so well-spoken and wonderful. And he focuses a lot on trauma. And so we're going to talk about that with him today in his new book. Okay. Yeah. So I want to talk about this. Last night, we had a girl's dinner in which it was... The, f- the four of us, me, you, Kate, and Anushka. And we're like the core four, the, core the four, LA yeah. squad. And we really came in hot with an agenda. We had things we had to discuss. We had to plan our entire spring and summer. And I left that dinner feeling like I left a productive business meeting. <laughs> I felt like we just figured out the company's fiscal year or something. Like, I just felt like we got a lot done. Yes. (laughs) We planned Coachella, your birthday, your move. Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. We spent a lot of money concert tickets, but I'm excited. And it's one of those times where I'm just like, I think about not doing these experiences and I'm just like, this is what we work so hard for. And so YOLO. And I'm really excited for our first Coachella together. And it's so like, we drive there. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it used to just be, I mean, I don't care that much about the lineup. I'm just excited to go with all of our friends, but it just kind of seemed more difficult in the past, you know, fly to wherever, drive to the desert. I don't know. So it's just, we just get to like, road trip it. But I just have been thinking a lot about how vacations and even specifically girls trips evolve over over time. This is not like a hot take. We get older, we make more money, we evolve, our tastes change. You have less energy. You have less energy. (laughs) It just, I keep thinking about this with my college girlfriends who I said I went on a trip with them last week. But like 
the way we used to rage, like these were my spring break friends. Like we are in this beautiful house in La Jolla. We're going to nice dinners. Then we're coming home. We're all gathering on the couch, having wine, catching up. Like my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like we're still having wine and catching up and laughing and playing who would you rather with all of our exes and all that stuff. But like we used to be six girls to a Hampton Inn. And absolutely three people would sleep in like a queen bed. Just chugging neon (laughs) green drinks. It's like who can get on the bar and show their titties fast enough? Like I remember going to our first spring break, most of us all together in Key West. We were sophomores and literally, I'm not kidding when I say six girls in a Hampton Inn hotel room. Of course. Every trip I took. And that's why I was like sleeping out. I was like, I got to sleep somewhere else every night. That's why you're fucking dudes. (laughs) That's what I met. I met that guy, the one that got away. But it's just, it's so funny when you have, especially friend groups that long where you're like, Way back in the day, we were just different people. And then even just planning these trips, like we're looking at like a Cabo trip. And I'm like, the one thing that will stay the same though in Cabo is Squid Row. You're going there at 18 and you're going there at 48. No (laughs) matter our age. (laughs) I will say, I feel like I've really waited people out. I have been 48 since since I was 18. And I said this on the episode we did about like trips this summer that like I used to feel so much anxiety about going on big girls trips because like I was never the person that wanted to be at the club until four in the morning. I like to be home at one. I'm done. I don't like to be so fucked up. I'm staggering around. I'm slurring. Like I can't hang. I'm not fun like that. It scares me. I don't like it. And I have been a huge pussy about everything <laughs> since I was 18. And finally, everybody has caught has up. Caught up. I'm so happy. All I've ever wanted was like a nice house and just like a chill dinner. And we just drink wine. Everybody goes to bed at a reasonable hour. That's all I've ever wanted was to be 48. I was born 48. <laughs> Guys, we're not 48. I can't stress enough. I was just saying 18 and 48. <laughs> but we're definitely closer to the 38 range. But I... 28, right? Yeah. Tw- you know, I'm totally like 27. <laughs> um, excited for this summer to turn 30. Yeah, 30, 30, 30. Oh my God. I'm forever 33. We know that. That's how I identify. But it's just funny because I feel your pain because I can't relate at all. Like I was like, the harder, the better. (laughs) We're blacking out before we go out. The more dudes I can fuck, the craziest stories I can come back with. Like as much cheap alcohol we can chug as many shots as we can rip yes. as much as you know I can pull my titties out like it just is many kamikazes as you could funnel down yes. your throat you just really open it up so you could deep throat like strangers dicks later like I remember we would sometimes stop in Miami on the way to spring break if we went to like the Bahamas or even when we went to Key West and one time we stopped in Miami we were in Coconut Grove which has changed a lot and there was this dive bar called Sandbar and it was Alex's my good friend's 21st our birthday was in March so like it always kind of kicked off spring break and we went to this bar we both got kicked out. I think one of us was puking. One of us was just acting insane. And my cousin, Scott, who like is from my family in Miami, he was like, I've never seen anyone get kicked out of there That's, ever. They don't kick people out of that yeah, bar. You've that is really the diviest, dirtiest, most debaucherous bar. And you girls got kicked out. That, that is like, so crazy. The badge of honor. To be like the the <laughs> most fucked up of the people that are there to just get blacked out and fucked up. Like, how do you even be that person? Well, did, how do you get to the top level? I think I showed you a picture. One of us, one of the girls was looking through a scrapbook and it's a picture of me passed out in a bush. <laughs> yeah. I think I just fell. I wasn't like lost, okay. but I had one shoe off. Abercrombie jean skirt up around my waist. Yeah, see, Von Dutch hat. Von Dutch hat. 
That is so funny. Anyway. See, you could hang. That was never me. I've been waiting everybody out to stop <laughs> being like that. I was never the mom. Like, I was never like, you know me. I'm the most go with the flow. Like, totally. even if I have to be miserable, I'll fucking do it. But like, I have really waited you all out. So listen, I support you if you want to take a nap in a bush with a Von Dutch hat. I do. It's your birthday. You go big. <laughs> Okay, we want to thank HelloFresh for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life, one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. So whether your goal is to save money, eat better, stress less around mealtime, or maybe you want to learn how to cook, HelloFresh is fantastic for that. There is so much variety. I love their lunches and dinners. I love their easy cleanup. They call them quick and easy meals. They have 15-minute recipes. Everything's broken out into really simple steps to follow. So they send all these pre-portioned ingredients. There's so much variety on the site. So I'm just like looking at what they have right now. Cheesy pork and fried pickle burgers. Ashley and I am obsessed with the burgers. Sizzling garlic herb butter steak. Oh my gosh. Crunchy curried chickpea bowls. So when I go through this, I think like there's so much stuff that's great for vegetarians or stuff that's great for kids. I love it for a girl's night or a date night. Whatever you're kind of looking for at your mealtime, I really recommend HelloFresh. And they just make it so simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GGE free with code GGE free. Okay, thank you to Helix for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Use code HELIXPARTNER20, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. You guys know how obsessed we are with Helix. Both of us have multiple Helix mattresses. It's all we sleep on. I have made sure that my parents have one, my brother has one, my boyfriend has one. I just refuse to go anywhere and not sleep on a Helix mattress. That is how obsessed we are. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection, which we love. We have the Lux Collection mattresses, the newly released Helix Elite Collection, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and even a mattress made just for kids. So for everyone in the family, and you're just going to take their quiz, which is really fun, and then they will give you your personalized mattress recommendation. It's going to be shipped straight to your door free of charge. You can try it out for 100 nights to make sure you love it, and then there's a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. We know everybody sleeps differently. You might sleep on your back, your side, roll around all night on your stomach, or you might want a soft, medium, or firm mattress. We are all so different. So that is why they offer really something for everyone. And so you're just going to order what works best for you, come straight to your door. You can sleep on it that night. You're going to love it. It will change your life. You'll get the best sleep of your life and you can thank us later. So Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash GGE and use code HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer with Helix Better Sleep starts now. Okay, cars. I've been meaning to discuss this with you. I'm very excited. So I've never owned a car ever. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. My dad bought me a Chevy Cavalier when I was in college. So I had like a little like shitty car, but I'm shopping for my first car. And you said something to me, and I was like, how true is this? I was like, I'm looking for cars. And you were like, don't tell any man you're looking for a car. <laughs> Don't tell any man you're looking to buy a car unless you want to be smothered, unless you want them to be a permanent fixture in your life. 
Men are obsessed with buying cars. They think they're so good at it. They could have never bought a car in their life. They don't even know how to change a tire. And they think they're going to roll in. They're going to pick out the perfect car. They're going to wheel and deal. They're going to leave you there with the car of your dreams. And you're going to be forever indebted to them. They love it. I feel like a telling a guy, I'm looking to buy a car casually. Do you want to help? Is like telling a girl... I have the hottest gossip. We have to meet in person. Can you go to brunch? Like, we have a carnal desire. Like, I swear. And I'm not saying, like, every guy. It's every guy. Every <laughs> pop-up okay, so It's crazy. Like, I can't believe how right you are. You and I, like, did this Valentine's Day show. I was dropping you off at your car. And I just, like, casually was like, I'm going to look into cars. And you were like, do not tell a man that you are looking for a car. And I was like, I don't even know what she's talking about. Because I, <laughs> I have never bought a car. I'm not part of the culture. I mean, your dad knows so much about cars. Your brother, you guys are like a car family. Yes. Like your job is always to identify the Uber. I know nothing about <laughs> cars. So I do need to be mansplained to a little bit. Totally. I don't know anything about this. It's a huge first purchase for me. So I had no idea like how much of a thing this was. So I decided on Saturday that I was going to go car shopping. I was like, I have a whole day. I'm by myself. Why don't I just go test drive some cars? I don't know anything about it. So I texted Jeremy and I said, I'm thinking about going to test drive this car. I just wanted some feedback. He called me. <laughs> I can't tell you how crazy this is. This has been my best friend for seven years. He has never called me. Not one phone call in seven years. I have called him like three other times in extreme duress. This is the only time. We talked on the phone for 45 minutes. He was saying all kinds of words like financing, leasing. And I was asking him all these questions about like, what does this mean? What does this mean? He's like giving me a list of stuff. He could not disseminate the information fast enough. He was choking on it as it was coming out of his mouth. And and Jeremy's a New Yorker. Never he's, owned it. He doesn't own a car. <laughs> what did I say? They never have had to own it. They can't change a tire. And they are going to blanket you in unsolicited advice. Oh. You cannot escape it. Once you start, you can't stop that train. It's bananas. Then I texted Rob. No. <laughs> well, okay. Because I was thinking, like, my dad, my brother, Rob, like, those are people that are absolutely going to be involved in my car buying journey. But those are also people that I feel comfortable being like, I got it from here. I'm an adult. I've really appreciated you getting me to this point. I'm going to take it from here. Uh -huh. So if you have a guy in your life and you don't feel comfortable saying, I'll take it from here. Thank you. Don't talk to them about your car buying absolutely journey. Absolutely not. I texted Rob. I came to this dealership to look at some cars. This guy has said 19 words to me. I don't understand any of them. Rob said immediately, I will be in LA after this wedding. I will take you car shopping. We will handle it. No, they, it's also- Immediately. They love it. Like they love it. And I love that. You know, like Kate has been like, Jay, we'll do whatever you need. He'll take you car shopping. He'll do this. Like they want to be involved. I mean, they want to be helpful, but they really get off on I it. I mean, to the point he goes- you should test drive a Porsche. There's a Mercedes dealership down the street. You yes. should stop there too and drive that too. He's listing off dealerships I should go to. He's so into it. I talked to another guy that we are friends with and I'm telling him this weekend what kind of car I wanted to buy. And he's like, I don't really see you in that kind of car. And he was like, I feel like it's really sexy when a girl's in like a smaller car. And he's pulling up sports cars that he thinks that I should get. Like everybody has so much of an opinion. It's insane. I know. You tell a woman that you're buying a car and they're just like, Cool. Let me know what you're thinking. Like women have no follow-up well, questions. I'm interested. I mean, my dad is that's his whole personality is cars. No, he has a lot of other things going for him. But Matt and my a dad, lot. car people, I've always been super into cars. I mean, I had a, my same car, my Xterra, like since college. And then I was going to buy a car and my dad and I went around and we went to a few different dealerships and so talked to a bunch of different people. I mean, I've been to so many car dealerships in my life, but then I never ended up doing it. I was like, I'll just keep the Xterra. So that was when I was in Atlanta. And then I obviously moved to New York, didn't need a 
car. The Xterra somehow kept running. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm at a place where I, I want to buy a car. And it's funny though, like even this guy, like I barely know, you know, like a guy who's like DMs me and stuff. And like we met him one time at a show in person, but he like works for Tesla. So he's just like, get a Tesla and do this and do that. I was like, I'm not getting a Tesla for the record. I'm not doing it. Stop telling me to buy Tesla. People here buy a Tesla. I'm not doing it. I don't like Elon Musk. I'm oh, sure they're great. Everybody has one. I would be that bitch that can't come because I didn't charge my car. I know gas prices are high. I'm going to pay them. I cannot be held accountable to charge my car. Yeah, you never said <laughs> that you wanted a Tesla. Just Rob's like, go test drive a Porsche. A Porsche? I don't like buying a Porsche. He's like, just go do it because he wants you to just like think about it. Like well, men love to talk about this so no, much. I had <laughs> no idea. I had no idea this was a thing. Like I've never had so many men disseminate so much information. Like our other friends talking to me like, what am I going to wear to go like drive these cars? I will Outfits. say, if you're interested in a guy, you want to talk to him, you want to spend the afternoon with him, tell him you want to buy a car. 100%. <laughs> he might not like you. He might just want to go car shopping. But if you I feel don't like you want an in, this is your in. This is such— And if a guy doesn't bite, doesn't I would question his— he Manhood. Like yeah. He's not <laughs> or he you. really hates you. <laughs> or he really has the ick on you. <laughs> this is such a way. Like, if you really, if you're like, does this guy have any interest in me? Say I'm thinking about going car shopping. If he says a hard no, you guys forget it. Block he, him. That guy's he, never going to fuck you. Stand you. <laughs> this has just been like the funniest journey. Like, there have been so many men that just are dying to talk. Wardrobe. What am I going to wear to buy the car? Where well, to go pick up I've been car. thinking about my look for my first bought a car pick. <laughs> you already have? No, I'm what just been wear? thinking about like how the pick's going to look, like the keys. You're planning like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> no, I think it's like the opposite, honestly. Like you see so many guys with like car selfies and you're like, oh, it is like really hot and sexy when you see a girl do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Like I think like you just women don't do it a lot. And it's not <laughs> like they're trying to flex because they think more guys are going to date them because they have money. It's the opposite. Well, we'll keep you guys posted. I know what I want. I'm probably going to get it, but I don't even want to put it out there because just I'll be getting unsolicited advice. I don't need it. Mm-mm. I'm going to have it bought so no one can say a shit to me because people have such strong opinions. I mean, I grew up my whole life. My dad, I mean, he owned an auto parts supplier for foreign cars. So he was so anti-American cars. He thought they were shit. And then he started to come around and he was like, American companies do make good trucks. I mean, he has an F-150. Matt has a Ram, not to be confused with Dodge because Dodge and Ram split up. Not the same company. I found that out from Ashley's family. (laughs) And so it's just like all the things my dad said to me my whole life are like ingrained in my brain from cars, you know, like. Then I thought all American cars were terrible. And then I had to kind of like shift my mindset. You know, it's just funny how like the stuff your parents tell you becomes fact. Yeah, I, I, will, I won't drink a Coke. I'll never let a Coke inside of my body. It's Diet Coke only and absolutely not Pepsi. It's just like, that's what my dad told me when I was four. And that's just like how I've lived my whole life. Well, what? It was just too... Just We don't drink Coke in this family. We drink Diet Coke. Like, oh. We just, we only drink Diet Absolutely not Pepsi. But my dad was just like, it's gross. And I was like, Sure. And that's how I've lived my life, my whole life. I'm wondering if I should ask your dad about this or absolutely Please ask my dad anything about cars. I mean, that's your guy. And he's not going to blow you up. You know, he's not going to give you a bunch of unsolicited advice. He'll just like shoot you straight. But he's just, I mean, my dad's like a car collector and he 
goes in phases. You know, he had his like Land Rover phase. Mm-hmm. He bought all these old like Land Rovers and fixed them up and resold them. And right now he's in this like really cool MG convertible. And he's had this really old Porsche 911 that he redid when we were in high school. And so he's just, he's the guy. I mean, it is the type of advice. It is solicited advice. I do want it. It's such a big purchase yeah. and I've never done it. And like, I really did realize how far out of my league I was when I was at the dealership because he was like, well, we have these hybrid models, these sports packages. I mean, everything he yes. said to me, I had no yeah. idea what he meant. Right. Because like, that's what like Rob and my dad and Matt would like, you know, I know what kind of car I want, but I don't know exactly which package to get. Mm-hmm. And Rob's so good at knowing like the same type of cars that like they all make them the same place. They just kind of come off the line and they're different. You know, mm-hmm. like this one's going to be speedier. This one's going to be this. This one's going to be that. And, you know, don't get me started on fucking cars that are the exact same car and then people just slap a name on it like Lexus. And then I mean, it's pretty crazy to me. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's a Camry. I mean, it's. I mean, I'm driving. I'm driving a Ford Edge right now, and like, I really love it. And I, love I, it. I mean, that's the same as the Jeep Compass. They're like the same size. And I love those cars. Mm-hmm. And like, I pulled up next to a, like a luxury SUV, and I was like, this is the same car. And I love the interior of my car. I love it. Yeah, I love the navigation system. Maybe I'll just buy the Ford Edge. <laughs> Ford Edge. People would always ask me, like, what's your dream car if you have, like, fuck you money, you know? And I'm like, it is the most obnoxious Lambo you've ever seen. It's bright purple. Uh The butterfly doors come up. Like, I just think that's my true calling. Or it's, like, something really, like, I don't want something, like, too big. I don't want, like, a gas guzzler. But that's what it would be. It would be, like, something a rapper is going to drive. I think that's so cool that like all, so our vibes are so different. You want this like very hot, sexy girl car. You want like fuck you money car. I want a refurbished Bronco. <laughs> God, I think it's so cute to think about us driving down the street next to each other and like your like hot ass sports car. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Refurbished Broncos are like $250,000 cars. Like yeah. they're really, it's like fuck you money yeah. cars. And I'm obsessed with them. Listen, if anybody owns like a refurbished Bronco dealership wants to gift it to me, I'll take it. Well, that's your beach car. I mean, again, fuck right. you, money. I obviously have something like that for Dewey, but like I drove my a Lamborghini back in Atlanta. We I did this car event at the Atlanta Motor Speedway and drove a Lambo around the tracks. And I was like, one day. You love it? It was the best day of my life. Like I was like, I was born to do this. What color are you going to get? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I just like love this red. This is your I just love red. But it's probably going to be something custom. Like what if it's pink? What if it, okay, hear me out. Ombre. <laughs> It's going to be Girls Gotta Eat wrapped. Hot pink. Can you get a hot pink Lambo? Like so a Barbie. <laughs> I think red, a red Lambo, a woman in a red Lambo is so sexy. There's also this car. I don't know what we're talking but about. Hear this. me out, Raina. Like car clubs. You should be, you should belong to one of those. But hear me out. Not that sexy to get climb out of. <laughs> like a, yeah, my long legs. Pikachu. Like, you got to climb up out of it. <laughs> it's not that sexy. You're too tall to get out of it. Like, this is just pussies out. <laughs> Yeah, do you remember all those <laughs> photos of those girls in like the early 2000s? Like Paris, Paris Hilton's pussy, Brittany, Lucy yeah. Lohan, Brittany. Well, when we got out of the car, Drew Barrymore, there was those paparazzis outside and our publicist rushed over to make sure my pussy wasn't out. You guys, that was so funny. We got out of the car and I looked so bad and Ashley was like dressed for the show and no one took paparazzi <laughs> photos of me. <laughs> and she stopped and they were... <laughs> Well, my so it's on my Instagram, and like they did change the caption to say who I was. But when that paparazzi guy first posted it, he goes, "Does anyone know who this is?" (laughs) (laughs) It was 
really humbling <laughs> to walk out of the Drew Barrymore show and then to see that caption. <laughs> it's fine though. Like someone tagged me and then he he, he was so nice. I asked him so if I could funny. post the photo. And it was just funny. Who is this? I gonna, he, he was like, I have no idea who this is. I'm going to post it anyway. <laughs> well, he was doing that for a lot of people, but no one even assumed I was anybody. <laughs> right now, you were in like leggings and your half yeah. zip. Yeah, I looked <laughs> You guys don't want to wear half zips anymore. Can you imagine your, half your paparazzi photo in your in your quarter zip? Thought of me forever until performance, the end of please. <laughs> okay, so I love gift giving at this time of year, but when finding great gifts, things can really start to add up, and that's why this season I am shopping with Quince. Quince is the go-to place for luxury essentials at affordable prices for everyone on my list, including myself. We'd like to thank Quince for supporting our show. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your order. So I'm really, really glad I found this company and this site. Everything is so affordable, but looks really luxury. Uh, so as you're perusing it, they have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters. They have washable silk tops and dresses. They have cotton sweaters and all kinds of comfy stuff, like just cozy pants that you can wear. I love the colors. I love the styles. But the prices is, are really the reason to shop here on top of obviously the selection prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So it's unbelievable. It partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman. And it just passes the savings directly onto you from Quince. And I just love what they're doing. I love the styles. There's so much variety and it is such a one-stop shop, whether you're shopping for kids, your significant other, your parents, anybody will really love this. You can get affordable luxury for everyone on your list with Quince. Go to quince.com slash GGE to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your order. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash GGE for free shipping and 365 day returns. Okay, we want to thank HelloFresh for supporting Girls Gotta Eat. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life, one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. So whether your goal is to save money, eat better, stress less around mealtime, or maybe you want to learn how to cook, HelloFresh is fantastic for that. There is so much variety. I love their lunches and dinners. I love their easy cleanup. They call them quick and easy meals. They have 15-minute recipes. Everything's broken out into really simple steps to follow. So they send all these pre-portioned ingredients. There's so much variety on the site. So I'm just like looking at what they have right now. Cheesy pork and fried pickle burgers. Ashley and I am obsessed with the burgers. Sizzling garlic herb butter steak. Oh my gosh. Crunchy curried chickpea bowls. So when I go through this, I think like there's so much stuff that's great for vegetarians or stuff that's great for kids. I love it for a girl's night or a date night. Whatever you're kind of looking for at your mealtime, I really recommend HelloFresh and they just make it so simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GGE free and use the code GGE free for a free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash GGE free with code GGE free. Okay. Okay. All right, guys, we are so excited for our guest today. He is a New York Times bestselling author. He is a New York Times bestselling <laughs> author. <laughs> I never fuck this up. I seriously am like, good nervous. Are you nervous? Yeah. What are you nervous I'm about? I'm not nervous. I feel great. Oh, uh, she's uh, going to mess it up. Now the you whole sound time, defensive. <laughs> 
She's gonna be messing up all. Joke terrifies me. Okay, this Lewis, one's you're too tall. And like the season, you <laughs> a are giant. Uh, he is a New York Times bestselling author, lifestyle entrepreneur, high performance business coach, and a keynote speaker. He's also six foot four. I don't know why that's not in your bio. <laughs> 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 he was recognized by Barack Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the She's country under 30. I never mess this up, you guys. You know I'm so good at this normally. <laughs> now I'm He is a contributing writer for Entrepreneur. He's been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Men's Health, so many others. He hosts a top, top podcast, The School of Greatness. It has over 300 million downloads. And his book, The Greatness Mindset, comes out tomorrow. Please welcome to the show, Lewis House. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. It's it's the, to be here. The Barack got me. Like I hear Barack and someone's intro. I'm like, oh my gosh. Now I'm turned now on wet. and I said, nervous. <laughs> I said six four and I got wet. Yeah. I said Barry, you got wet. You've been here for five minutes. So um, thank you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So excited to meet you guys. Yeah, us too. So <laughs> and welcome to LA. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm excited. The journey ahead. So you have a book coming out. You have done so much. Talk to us about your background. Who are you? What's the book? Oh, man. I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. Okay. <laughs> That's what I like to start with. I love that. Uh, I think a lot of people ask, what do you do? And I think they should ask, who are you? So I'm glad you asked that. You said, who are you? Mm -hmm. I'm a loving, passionate, wise man. And um, I have a background in sports. I played, you know, professional football. I was an All-American athlete and then transferred into business after an injury. So I got injured playing football, got in the business for many years, and then eventually 10 years ago started a journey, a journey of healing. Because for a long time, I was driven to succeed and win at all costs, but it was coming from a wound, a trauma wound. Mm -hmm. And it hurt me in relationships, intimate relationships. It hurt me in business. It hurt me just personally. So that's kind of been the journey. The last 10 years, I've been doing interviews of some of the top people in the world about how to be great. What is greatness? What does it even mean? And how to just figure out this human existence. So that's that's a little bit about me. Okay. okay. I was reading your book and you like started your journey of greatness and coaching people how to build their LinkedIn's. Originally, I was doing like social media marketing back in like 2007, 8, 9. Well, let's talk about the journey. You know, like if somebody, we want to talk about can somebody who doesn't come from a lot of trauma date somebody who does? And can you guys meet in the middle? Mm. And somebody who comes from a lot of trauma, how do you heal enough to even know, am I able to be in a relationship and pick better people? I'll give an example. There's a girl I dated um, many years ago, I don't know, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, who was the sweetest, kindest girl. Mm -hmm. I can't say that about every relationship I've been in, but with her, like, I can't say anything bad. She was amazing. But she was very wounded about a skin condition she had. That would okay. kind of like a, a psoriasis type of skin condition. But it would kind of flare up on her whole body, on her face sometimes and on her back and like on her arms. It would kind of come and go. And she was really insecure about it. It, it. it took her confidence away from her. And she didn't know how to overcome that fear of like, I'm not beautiful. I'm not pretty. I was like, you're beautiful either way. You know, you're pretty either way. And after a year and a half of being with her, it just, it caused her to shrink her confidence so much that it just became hard to connect with her in more ways. And for me, I think trying to connect with someone who's got a trauma and you're trying to work with them, you either have to fully accept this is who they are, or you got to say, all right, are you willing to do some therapy? Because I don't think you should be coaching your partner. I don't think that's a healthy dynamic. I think you should be empowering, mm -hmm. supporting, elevating. But when you date a guy to fix him or you date a girl to fix her, I just don't think that is a healthy way to connect. And that's what I did, and I repeated that pattern where I met women and I wanted to help them or coach them or fix them, and it never worked. And they probably were attracted to me in certain reasons from my wounds as well. 
So what I did differently now, because mm-hmm. I made a lot of mistakes in my past, what I did differently now was I entered my relationship with Martha, my girlfriend, and I said, I would love for us to start the relationship in therapy so that we both are constantly... <laughs> Raina's giving me the look like that's crazy. But you seem because, like you're in a healthy relationship. Because, well, so because, well, because I had been in multiple relationships for the last 15 years that didn't ended poorly. Mm-hmm. That left me with a lot of stress, a lot of pain, suffering, sadness, mm-hmm. up and down, no stability, right? And it it just sucked the energy away from my dreams, my mission, my health. It was just pulling me. And I take full responsibility because I chose these partnerships. I stayed in them when I could have left at any time. But I lacked the courage to really get out of them sooner because I was afraid. I was insecure. I was afraid. And, you know, I didn't want to hurt people. So that was my wound. But entering a relationship where we both agreed, like, yeah, let's do this together. And she was all for it. It has been a beautiful experience of harmony in the relationship that I've, I didn't even think was possible. I didn't even think was available. I didn't think it was possible. And it doesn't mean, like, I don't have stuff to work on and she doesn't have stuff to work on. We both do. And we're both committed to working on it together. I think when one person maybe has less trauma or less trauma responses in a relationship, less triggered, less reactive in a relationship than the other partner, where uh, an outside event always triggers them to react or shut down or scream or whatever, it's really hard to show up for that person without feeling like you're getting walked all over, without feeling like you're not finding an equal match who's at least working on themselves on their own pace. If someone's completely resistant to that, I just think it's hard to do it on your own. So that's why I think first, before you enter a committed relationship, like really ask the questions. I asked the craziest questions, so did she, before Mm -hmm. we got actually committed and actually removed, you know, the sexual component from the dating experience, which I'd never done before. Interesting. So I spent three months, we committed together, like, hey, we're not gonna go there sexually. Okay. Doesn't mean we didn't kiss and, you know, hug and all that stuff, but. Before, it always happened within like the first, you know, couple weeks or whatever. You're saying like the first hour for you, this is when it's happened, right? (laughs) Not with everybody. (laughs) We'll see what the vibe is, you know. Yeah, exactly. You never know. (laughs) 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 But I decided to remove that, which allowed me to have like a clear awareness. Clarity, Clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you connect with someone sexually, you are just blind. You are just… just Hormonally. You are just… Well, my friend Stefan Speaks says like an orgasm with a woman is like the sex drug. I mean, it's like the God drug is what it is. If you feel like you're closer to God when you have an orgasm with the partner, you feel uh-huh. like it's the closest feeling to God you could probably have, right? With that kind of like explosion of sexual chemistry. And if it feels amazing when you're with that guy or girl or whatever, and you don't get to know them, you don't get to know their values, their vision, their lifestyle, you don't really get to understand their past and their trauma and if they've healed or worked on their past, then you're just going to keep having fun and connecting, but not truly being like a, a spiritual connection type of vibe as well. So we decided to do it completely differently. It was a beautiful experiment that has worked out. So I have a couple questions. Yes. So you said you started in therapy. Are you saying like a couple <clears throat> therapist or you're just both an individual therapist? I was doing individual before then because okay. I was like, all right, I kept making the same mistakes of like getting in committed relationships that weren't working. I'm the common denominator, right? So there must be something with me that is not choosing or picking right or afraid to speak up or abandoning myself when these girls are screaming at me when they don't get what they want or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And I'm giving in. So I had to learn how to heal that trauma that was causing me to like people please all these women that I was dating in the past. 
And so I was already seeing the benefits of feeling peace in my heart by having healed the wounds from the past. Okay. And so when I met Martha, she was already doing it on her own individually as uh -huh. well, which made me re really excited because yeah. the three relationships I'd been in before, which were all one to four years before that for the previous 10 to 12 years, when things would get challenging in a relationship, I would say, hey, let's, let's do like couples therapy. And none of the women would want to go. And I always thought like, what, mm. you know, what man offers to go to couples therapy <laughs> right. with yeah. their partner and says, I want to figure this out. I want to work on this. I want... I want to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing that I can improve yeah, on? Right. But I want you to as well. None of them would go with me. So what was the response when you said, I want to go to therapy? What was the opposition? She was like, that's amazing. Let's do it. And I okay. go, really? Because I thought no one woman would do this, you okay. know? And so that made me feel more safe and like, okay, at least we can no, work on stuff. I mean, the last partners. Oh, the I last person? People, I think some people are thinking like, I would love to go to couples therapy with somebody. Yeah. I'd love them to volunteer. So why, why? did your last partners not Why do they not want to? Yeah. Why? Well, I think I attracted a lot of narcissists that, you know, when you're a narcissist, you don't think anything's sure. off with you. Okay. And they don't want to do the work. Mm -hmm. I was like, listen, I'm not perfect. You know, I make mistakes yeah. and I got room to grow, but let me get a third party, not you screaming at me, telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. Let's go like share the whole story and have someone who can have common sense, uh -huh. not some crazy reaction based on a trauma, say, hey guys, here's what you can work on, Lewis, and here's what you can work on, and, and here's how you can communicate differently together. So that the three relationships I was in before, none of them wanted to go. And it was just exhausting. Mm -hmm. Because if you want to improve and grow and you say, hey, listen, I got stuff to work on, but let's work on it together. Totally. It's a tough thing. And so I never understood, like, why would women not want their man to go when making the offer? Right. So what advice do you give to people <clears throat> that do want to go to therapy with their partner and their partner refuses? Well, here's the just thing. like we're at an impact? Well, here's the thing. This is why I think it's really hard when you're in the relationship once you've already chosen and accepted someone. So I kind of created some guidelines for myself from the relationship I'm in now. I said, listen, before I get into another relationship, I need to be on the healing journey. I can't just enter a relationship. Now, if I'm in a single season and I just want to have fun, that's a different story, right? Yeah. But I think when you're ready to commit or look to be open to committing to someone, right? I just said to myself, I think it's impossible to do that unless you're in the healing journey. You can do it, but I think there's going to be more stress and struggle in the process. And for me, step two was making sure that you're at full alignment of your values, vision, and lifestyle. So with me and Martha, we created exercises together where I would have us essentially journal together, but not seeing it, what are our values? And really writing them down. Not just saying, oh, I value this, and then have the other person say, oh, I value the same thing. But actually write them down what the values are and see are we in alignment. So different things like that and saying, here is my vision. She asked me one day after like a, six weeks of dating before we were committed, she gave me the old, Lewis, what's your priorities question? I don't know if you guys have ever asked this to guys you've dated or interested in long-term dating. What's your priorities in life? And I told her, are you sure you want to hear the truth? Because what I'm going to tell you, you're probably going to run away. And I said, I'm, I'm going to say something that I've said in the past that most women did not like to hear, but it was the truth for me. My number one priority will never be you if we're in a committed relationship. And no woman wants to hear they're not the number one priority. I don't know if anyone listening is agreeing with this, but I'm assuming no woman likes to hear that their man doesn't make them the number one priority. But I said, let me give you context. Mm -hmm. My number one priority is my health so that I have energy and then I'm aware and I can show up for you. But if I don't feel good, if I'm not taking care of my health and I'm not mentally, physically, and spiritually in a healthy state, then I'm not going to be good for you. 
And my number two priority isn't going to be the relationship either. And no woman wants to hear that they're I not number two. Woman, I just think in general, people don't want to hear off the bat, you're not the priority. Well, this is, I, this is uh, you know. Well, here's you definitely a, need the context, but I love this. You got to get the context. And I said, listen. I mean, Ashley and I agree. Girls got to eat is always the priority. I'm well, like, health, work, Azul, my Peloton, my family. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And so I said, you know, number two. Number at least, seven. At least from my <laughs> perspective, number seven of your man. <laughs> I said, listen, number two is going to be my mission. You know, for me, I need to have a purpose and a mission. I think a man without a mission is a dangerous man. I think a, a man without like something he's working on daily, I don't care if it's a big or small, but just something he's committed to and dedicated to. Mm -hmm. If he's just like, oh, I'm just going to be lazy and distracted by yeah. a bunch of stuff. You're not going to be attracted to me. You're like, get off your butt and go do the work. So, I mean, say less. Nothing makes me yeah. less attracted to <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Nothing will ensure less blowjobs from May. If you have a, like a, a lazy man around, right? <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the thing. So I said my mission will be number two. But all of this is in context. Like my health is a high priority and you don't pull me away from my health. If you don't pull me away from my mission, you're going to feel like number one. Yeah. You're going to feel like the greatest. Love this. You're going to feel like I'm the most present, loving man you've ever been with daily, consistently. I'm going to show up for you. I'm going to give you everything you want. And we're going to create a beautiful relationship together. But you can't pull me away from my health or my time at the gym or what I need to do, going to my therapy, working on myself, going to retreats, whatever I want to do. You can't pull me away from that. Mm -hmm. And you can't pull me away from my work and my mission. Because for me, it's more than a job. It's a mission. And if you're pulling me away from something that I feel like I'm supposed to do in this world, then you're not helping me. And we should be empowering and lifting each other up. And I said, when this happens, I'm going to give you what you want. You're going to feel like, number one, I'm going to be present with you, connected with you. I'm going to be a great listener. I'm not going to be distracted, all that. And she feels like she is number one because she understands that she is a top priority, but it's just making sure I have these other things as well. Yeah. It speaks to my soul so I'm, much. So yeah. much. Like, I can't relate more. I've never heard it stated like this. I feel this on such a deep level, and it's so true. And it's mm -hmm. not that, like, first, gym. Right. Then work. No. Then you. Like that's not, no, that's not it what it at is. all. But like my health is my number one priority. I just had never really heard it said like this. And like if you explain all that to a partner and they don't hear you on it, they're probably not the right match because it really makes mm -hmm. total sense. And it's not an insult. Well, wounded women are gonna see this and say, wait, I'm not the number one priority. And they're gonna say, I need you to that's make like me the number fairy one. Tale you exactly. What do you mean? I'm not gonna be the number one thing. Again, it's not that you're not number one. Yeah. You're gonna feel like number one as long as my one and two are taken care yes. of in my life. That doesn't mean I'm spending eight hours at the gym and I'm never gonna see you. It just means I gotta make sure those things are taken care of. If you are overextended every day, if you are exhausted, if you don't take care of yourself, <laughs> Ashley, are you gonna show up and be a good partner for your man? <laughs> Yeah, we've talked about this before, like earlier in the year when I was saying that I really do want a partner where my friend who did my psychic reading and my cards and everything was just like, you have to energetically make space for that because you 100%. feel really full, like you're overflowing in like a good way, but you're like full. Like, how are you going to make that space? This is true. And my girlfriend did something because she does three or four movies a year. She's a star actor. She writes her movies. She produces them. She's... She's a machine. She's got two podcasts, one with a partner and one on her own. She's nonstop. But before she met me, she created a space in her life. You know, she can tell it better than me, and I don't want to speak for her, but essentially she created a space in her life where with her therapist, she said, you need to get your own new environment, get your own new home, your own space for you. And what type of man do you want? She was like, I want a big guy, like a tall guy, right? A 6'4 guy. 
what type of bed do you have? She's like, I got a queen. She goes, do you want a queen for a man? You need to yeah. create a king size bed. She's tiny. She's like, you know, five one, five two. She's mm -hmm. tiny. She's like, you need to get a king size bed and create the environment and the space for the man you want in your life. You need to pull back on some time so you can have space so he can enter and you can go out together and you get to know each other. You can travel on the weekends. But if you're booked seven days a week, a man does not want to enter your life with you not having time for him. Yeah. And so if you want a king, get a king size bed. That bedroom's so small. I'm stressing out. Are you stressing out about the bedroom? No, I'm upset. I you wish just, this didn't come up. I knew you were going to say that. Well, you, you said it okay, right before you, I said it. You said that, but it's like, yeah. it's creating the environment no, for the exact too, man yeah. you want to enter. Yeah. I want a king bed. I'm saying the bedroom is too small and I'm, yeah. about, to, I'm about to, about to cancel this lease. No, I'm kidding. Okay, Let's, you said something that I want to circle back to yeah, that like yeah. really spoke to me so much because I have dated people. I don't come from extreme trauma. I'm not going to pretend that I do. I'm very much like, Ashley, I have a safety net. I have a great family. They're wonderful. I've had bad things happen in my life, but I would never identify yeah. as having trauma. I attract people with trauma. and think, That's a trauma response. But I think what you said was really interesting because you're talking about how like you told your partner, I need to work on me. I need to fix me and I need you to give me space to do that. And no one's ever really said that to me. Like somebody that comes from extreme trauma does need to work on themselves. They do need to take space. They don't need to allow somebody else to fix them. They don't need to lean on somebody else to fix them. Like what you said was like, I am showing up with trauma and I need you to like give me enough space to work on that basically. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I'd done a lot of the healing work before I met my girlfriend mm -hmm. where I felt peace in my heart. And before I didn't feel, always feel peace in my heart. I felt stress. I felt tightness in my chest clenching in my throat, like mm -hmm. someone was strangling sometimes in relationships. But you didn't go into this relationship thinking like, feeling, no. now I'm done with therapy and she can no. fix this and help us. You said, this is what I need. This is the boundary. So step one for me was, okay, healing must occur first and it must be a journey of healing. Mm -hmm. And the healing journey never ends. And even if you didn't have big T traumas in your life, doesn't mean the little T traumas cause you to attract men with trauma. And those are little T traumas that we just get to address. It doesn't mean there's something wrong or bad with us, anything like that. It just means, okay, the results I've been getting haven't been getting me what I ultimately want. So I just got to take a look at like how I'm showing up and why I'm attracting certain men with trauma. Again, not good and bad, right and wrong. It's just what are the results I'm getting? Mm -hmm. And what's the vision that I want for the relationship? So I had a dream 10 years ago about the vision of being with a girl like Martha 10 years ago, I had this dream, but I wasn't willing to fully heal certain things. So step one was healing. Then it was getting super clear on my values, vision, and lifestyle and saying, this is who I am. You guys are going to be touring and traveling. You guys have a business. You guys are like successful, two powerhouse women coming together and making a big impact. So being clear on that and can a man support that and be okay with that? If he's a busy man, he might be like, cool, that's awesome. Like, go do your thing. I got my thing. I understood that Martha's going to be traveling six weeks at a time doing movies. I'm okay with that because I'm busy as well. But I also had to go into the relationship with total 100% acceptance of who she was. And I don't think women accept the men they're dating. If you truly ask yourselves, everyone listening and watching, you accept the idea of who he is and the potential, but sometimes if he's not showing up with an expectation that you have, doing certain things being a certain way, acting a certain way, then there's a trying to change your man or an upset or a this. I'm not saying every woman does this, but I've seen this happen a lot. And I think that's when the relationships struggle when either person tries to change the other one. So I spent months dating her without the sexual intimacy, mm -hmm. getting clear on values, vision, and lifestyle, 
both agreeing to individual and couples therapy, which may be a lot, but I was like, I want peace and harmony. I don't want to constantly go up and down in relationships. I want peace. Otherwise, I'd rather be single. I can deal with chaos being single. Yeah. And then I told her before we got committed, like in a committed relationship, I said, listen, there's nothing you can do that can make me upset at you. And this is what I mean. I said, I know you're an actress. She's done kissing scenes before. She's done all these different stuff. She's traveling. I know her personality. And I say, I fully accept you. I'm not going to change you. As long as we make agreements on what works for us and what doesn't work for us, and we get it aligned to these agreements through a third party, when there's a, a frustration or a letdown, be who you want to be. But I want you to accept me for who I am. That means don't change my drive. Don't tell me you need to see more time of me. Don't tell me I need to stop doing something. I'm going to be touring. I'm going to be traveling. There's going to be women around me. Like You have to accept this is who I am. And know we have agreements and alignment on our values, vision, and lifestyle. And by getting clear on these things before the sexual intimacy, before the exclusivity and the commitment, it just allowed me to see, is she a, a potential good match? And for her to see me, am I a potential good match for her? And I never did it that way before. I did it every other way. It was just like, oh, I like you. We like going to the same dinner. We like, you know, we're attracted to each other sexually. It's fun. We're having fun traveling around the city, whatever. Cool. There's this chemical bond, but it wasn't a spiritual connection. And I think that's where we got to get to if we want a harmonious, peaceful, loving, fulfilling relationship. We're like very team, like do whatever you want sexually. Yeah, and you can sleep with somebody the day you meet them and have a long, healthy, fulfilling life together. Anything can happen. Sure. But I really do like that. And I was actually just listening to Jay Shetty's podcast about the same thing where what happens to you chemically when you have sex? Oh, it's and so hard. you feel the oxytocin and the love hormones, and you actually are blinded to your true feelings so without sex. And so I have not done it. I would say it's interesting because like the most serious relationship I was ever in, we've randomly waited because of him. And I wonder how much that actually played into it. Interesting. You know, three weeks, which is long for me. You know, like we started dating pretty hot and have you really liked each other. And it was, you know, maybe it was even a month, but- You were still hanging out a lot. You just hadn't done that yet. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I wonder- I think that's great. Yeah. It's not for everybody, but like- if you keep running into what you were running into, why not try something, something different? different? You have yeah. to try mm -hmm. something different. But I really want to go back to something so I don't forget and talk about this bigger picture with you and your trauma and whoever's listening who has trauma. And when you said attracting from a wound, is that the phrase yes, you use? attracting from a wound. Yeah, talk it about that. It doesn't need means. to be a big trauma wound. It can be mm -hmm. like you just modeled your parents doing the same thing over and over and it wasn't the healthiest model uh -huh. of how they showed affection or love or treated each other doesn't mean you didn't have a good childhood. It could have just been like, okay, I saw my mom kind of always being passive aggressive to my dad and my dad giving in. So, okay, I'm going to try to find a man to fix my dad who is like that and try to fix him to stop being that. But now I'm going to do the same thing. It doesn't mean you're like a horrible person or like it's this chaotic No, not at all. I just want to define it, what it yeah. means. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Attracting from a wound. How yeah. you see it or, you know, how you know you're doing it, I guess. I, I think it's more relatable to everybody because not everybody comes from trauma. Yeah, but, of course. And I don't, but I clearly attract a certain type of thing into my life. Yeah, yeah. But a wound could be anything big or small. Yeah. You know, okay. like, couldn't exactly. it be that like, you know, when I grew up, I just didn't feel attractive or pretty or like I could get a boyfriend and all my friends did. And so- That's a wound. Yeah, like that plays into how you see yourself forever. 100%. Until you change the the meaning behind that memory. Mm -hmm. And those memories of years where you told yourself like, oh, I'm not attractive or I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. That was years of you telling yourself that story. That was yeah. became a, a thought 
over and over that became a belief inside of you that you've tried to overcome it mm -hmm. or try to mask it in some ways. And again, it's not right or wrong, good or bad. It's just, is it effective in creating the love, the relationship, the harmony, the peace that you want, the experience of a beautiful relationship you want? And it's just being aware of it and asking yourself, does that message and meaning that I gave myself for so long serve me today in my relationships? If it doesn't serve me, it's about going back and owning the past and creating new meaning, creating a new story around that meaning and asking yourself, well, how can I create a new meaning where it was a beautiful thing that's helping me today attract from a different place? So that's what I'm talking about there. What I did is I went back to every memory in my past. This is not fun. This is not exciting. This is not like easy, but it has it given me peace because I rewrote stories from my past. On my phone, I used to have, a couple of years ago, I used to have a photo of my five-year-old self on my screensaver not as a narcissistic thing to do to like stare at my younger self, but as a way to like coach my younger self. I'm getting weird here. That's cool with you guys. No, I dated somebody that used to do this. It came from a lot of trauma. And, and, yeah, and coaching like my five-year-old self and giving myself, the wounded self inside of me, the care, the thought, the attention, the support that he needed back then that he never got. That I just kept like saying, okay, let me get bigger, faster, stronger. Let me just not think about it. Let me just put it in the back, whatever. Or let me say mean things to myself and just act like I'm fine in the world when I wasn't. So it was a way to create a new meaning around kind of the psychological wound that I had at five, that I had at 11, that I had at 17. And I did this over many months at different stages of my past. And I'm telling you, I've never felt this much peace in my life. Never felt this much peace and calm in my life. It was always like kind of an off and on pain and like a tension in my chest and kind of a little anxiety and I couldn't sleep that well at night. And depending on when I was in a relationship or when I was not in a relationship, it would kind of come and go. And it all tied to just holding on to memories that didn't support me, that caused me to feel anxious and stressed. And by committing and just like going all in on owning the past, it has given me a lot of peace and freedom and allows me to see clearly in my relationship and have the courage to speak up. Hey, this is not what I want to do. This is what I want to do, you know, and really doing that from the beginning. Whereas before I used to not fully speak up what I wanted if it was upsetting the person I was dating. If they were like upset, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to pull back. Okay. And now it's like, no, here's everything of who I am. This is what I want. This is what I'm creating in my life. Not in a negative way, but mm -hmm. this, is, this is what I'm about. Do you align on money, relationships, kids, families? Those are the things that are going to determine whether you have a happy relationship. I was seeking out people that I thought I could help when I look back on it. And I wasn't even conscious of it. This is the thing. It wasn't like I was, oh, I, I'm going to go and help someone. It was more just I was connected to them. I felt sexually attracted to them. And later I found out almost all of them had an abandonment from their fathers. Hmm. They all had like their father wasn't in their life and they were insecure. And I was insecure, but I thought I was less insecure than them. So I was like, well, maybe I can help them become less insecure. But you can't really coach your partner into overcoming something. You can empower, you can support, you can celebrate, you can see them. But when we are coaching them, it kind of means like, okay, we're above them. We're better than them. And that's not totally accepting them. So again, it's different from the coaching and empowering and celebrating. It's a bad dynamic. And we've talked about that before, feeling like you have to like, <clears throat> do all these things for your partner. I mean, it's important to like lead a horse to water. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, what is your feelings on someone who has a bunch of deep trauma and someone who really doesn't? I think that's hard to date someone like that. You're not setting yourself up for success. It doesn't mean you can't love each other and you can't make it work in some ways. But again, 
I'm talking about what is going to be the most effective type of relationship, mm -hmm. not what you can still make it work. It just might be a lot more work. I just dealt with this and Raina has as well. Like I felt like I couldn't relate and I went to therapy to try to. It was so hard for you, huh? I went to therapy to try to understand him more, you know, because it was kind of beyond my comprehension of like his triggers and yes. a really traumatic upbringing and all those things that I just can't relate to at all. So that's, you know, it's just started to come out with me. I think sometimes when people really get into a loving partnership, their old wounds and all their stuff comes up, you yeah. know, where it may have not before. Mm -hmm. Because what was it? What was it within you that wanted to be in that relationship in the first place? Just really falling for each other. Like I don't like rattle off the reasons why I fell in love with him, but I mean, really loved each other. You know, like yeah, we really can, had something special. <clears throat> but then it just became really volatile. And no, so, I mean, no, so if it's volatile, I don't think that's conscious love. I don't mean you don't care about someone. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean you don't love them and and appreciate them and and like them a lot. My goal is conscious love, mm -hmm. conscious relationship, where you volatility should not be in a relationship in my mind. That's not healthy. <laughs> that means healthy. that means when someone is reactive, like yeah. if, if someone something happens out in the street that is non-physical threatening. If there's a physical threat to your life or your safety, react, scream, defend yourself, like do whatever you got to do. But if it's a psychological reaction or an emotional reaction based on something you just don't like or someone's cutting you off or someone says something nasty to you and your nervous system is so triggered that you react, there's typically a wound there. there someone's pushing a button inside of your emotions that's causing you to react and be volatile. I know because I was this way many, many, many years. And it's a constant journey of like addressing it and seeing it in yourself when that happens. That was another agreement I said. I go, there will never be screaming in our relationship. Yeah. This, this is not acceptable because I had so many women that would scream at me at the top of their lungs because I didn't give them something they wanted or they thought I was doing something or whatever. And they were wounded, so they would just scream. And I was just like, I cannot live like that. That's not healthy. We can disagree. We can argue. We can not be on the same page, but we can do it in a conscious way. We can have a conversation. For me, it's like, I'm talking about conscious relationship, which is just because you love someone doesn't mean they're a great life partner for you. Doesn't mean Doesn't mean you can't still love them and care about them. I don't want to like misquote you or misunderstand yeah. you either. Let's take my relationship out of it and let's yes. just take someone that comes from a lot of trauma that it's just, they are super reactive. They are super triggered. They haven't worked through it all the way. We're not saying they're unlovable or they can't love. Right. I don't think you should be in that relationship. I don't think you should get in a, in a relationship, relationship with that person. So I person. did want to, let's say they're single. You know, you're just, yes. you know that you have a lot of trauma. Like, how do we speak to people who know they have a lot of trauma, but they've maybe just started on their healing journey? Mm -hmm. Like, is there any sort of scale or way to know that you are ready to be in a relationship? Or, you know, people are like, I shouldn't have to wait to find love because I'm mm -hmm. all fucked up, you know? I, I but, agree. I agree with you. I think as long as you're committed to growing and healing at the same time, then cool. But if you're unable to, if you abandon- to grow. I like that. If yeah. you're abandoning yourself, like I'm not a perfect person. I still have room yeah. to grow and heal. It's not like I figured it all out. I'm just in the pro. I got a therapy session tonight. Every two weeks, I commit to it. Mm -hmm. And things are great. I feel love. I feel peaceful. I feel harmony. Mm -hmm. But I want to, it's like going to the gym. I want to prevent it in the future. I want to yeah. stay in that space. Got it. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's making sure that if you can't say 100% honestly who you are, what you want, what your values are, and if you can't not abandon yourself in conversations, like if you feel like I have to give in or say something to this guy because otherwise he's going to run away. If you're afraid of that, then you shouldn't be in a relationship, mm -hmm. in my mind. You mm -hmm. should be courageously be able to say, this is who I am. This is all my past at some point. You don't have to reveal everything in the first day. Mm -hmm. 
but be comfortable and accept your past and be like, this is where I'm heading. This is my vision. Like early on, Martha was like, hey, listen, I'm going to have a conversation with you. We, we were hanging out for like, I don't know, three to four weeks. She said, do you want to be married and do you want to have kids? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I'm not sure if you do. And if not, then we shouldn't date anymore because I don't want to waste my time and energy. 100%. Yeah. And she was really sad before she asked me the question mm -hmm. because she was like, I really like you. Like, I really like you. I have feelings for you. This has been an amazing month, but I want to know, is this in your future? Uh-huh. And I remember telling her, I was go, listen, I've never felt comfortable with the idea of really marriage or kids in my past. It's not that I didn't want it. I just didn't feel safe mm -hmm. in a relationship. So I'm going to I'm going to tell you the truth that yes, I do, but I need to feel really safe. I need to feel like there's a great foundation. I need to feel this, all these things before I can commit to this. So I can't just tell you yes right now, 100%. Uh-huh. But if things go the way I want them to in this style, then 100%, I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I do want that. You know, before I would have been like, oh, yeah, I think I do. You know, I would have mm -hmm. just given in because I didn't have the courage to end something that could have been good. But now it's just like, if this doesn't work, you're not the right fit for me. And that's sad. But I want to be happy and I want you to be happy. And I wish you the best. I think it, you just got really good at drawing boundaries and being boundaries. clear on like, what is a yes? What is a no? And what is a maybe? But you can go if maybe is not enough for you. And I think that that's also fine to tell people. Ashley and I talk about that all the time with friends of ours that are with people that maybe don't want to have kids. And Don't you know, be with those people. You just, But I mean, you can be with anybody as long as you understand, understand. what you're the landscape looks like yeah, and what the boundaries are. And it sounds like you just didn't walk into this relationship looking for somebody to fix you. <clears throat> no, and no. And you ultimately actually said, I'm going to fix me. You got to give me some space to keep doing that. And then you'll enjoy this more. Yeah, just don't pull me away from the journey. And again, healing is a not a destination. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. And we all have room to heal on something, you know, small or big. And being in a partnership with someone who's like, I want to do the journey on my own. Just whatever day-to-day -day life, stress, work, whatever it is, just to like process stuff. But most men don't take the time to process anything. Most men. And when I go into a room of a big audience and ask uh, men and women this. I'll say, women, raise your hand if once a week you get together with at least one girlfriend, if not a handful of girlfriends over lunch, or you call your mom or your sister and you talk about your insecurities, your, I don't know, body challenges, your relationship challenges, your fears, your concerns. Mm -hmm. And almost every woman in the room, and hundreds of women will raise their hand once a week. And I go, keep your hands up if you do this every day. And kind of every girl laughs. <laughs> and like, yeah, like I'm talking to a girlfriend or a mom or someone Every day almost. Like, is that I get you guys? my hand back, I'm texting, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much that happened. You guys do it probably every day with each other. Like, what's okay. going on in relationships and dating? Ah, oh, my fears, right? And I go, okay, for the men in the room, raise your hand if you talk once a month with one male friend <laughs> yeah. about your insecurities, about your challenges, about your mental health stuff, about your body issues, about relationship issues. One male friend. And out of hundreds of men... Maybe two will raise their hand. They're usually sitting next to each other. And I go, are you guys part of like a required church group that does this once a month? And they kind of laugh. They're like, yes. Small group. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do that. And I go, and they do it once a month in like a safe kind of like church well, men's group. 100%, right? Yeah. And I go, okay, men, raise your hand if you do this once a year. No hands go up, except for those couple of men. And I go, ladies, what would it feel like if you never spoke about <laughs> your insecurities, your fears, your traumas, your Can't doubt, your, your body issues, whatever it might be in your life, where you only got to do it once a month for an hour. How would you feel? They're like, gosh, I would be so stressed all the time. I'd be, I would go crazy. And I go, what if you didn't get to do it once a year or ever? 
And the women are like, I'd probably kill myself, kind of joking. But I'm like, mm-hmm. well, no wonder men commit a lot of suicide. I had two friends die in the last couple of months in their 40s. Sorry. And it's, you know, it's everyone's responsibility to process the stuff that's going on and to share and to like have community. But it's just harder for men to open up based on society and based on we like being shamed it. and like, made we fun. Yeah. lash out and we have a problem with men exactly. with anger and yeah. you know all these things like I'm not apologizing for it I'm like right. it is a huge problem like we talk about kind of men being in crisis in this way and it affects everybody it affects the whole yeah. environment so it's crazy because that's why sometimes like Brain and I talk about sometimes when a woman is with a man and he's like dumping all over her and she's like he's oversharing what is going on here I'm not his therapist I'm like he, he hasn't fucked anybody nobody else talked to we he probably feels safe and course. comfortable for the first time in his life and or imagine. Just, he just needs somebody to talk to. Like yeah. we're saying when it can feel really early where we're like, he sure. is desperate to share something. And it's almost sad because you're like, you got to find some people in your life to share but this Most stuff men with. won't open up with each other. Right. Unless oh, you find, really you not. have to, unless you leave the friend group or you start having a one vulnerable conversation and the guy's going to be like, what are you, a little, little wuss? A little, what are you talking about, man? Shut up. Let's drink a beer. So it's yeah. like, it's hard to leave a friend group mm-hmm. that, you've known for years that maybe isn't open to that and you're finally like want to start doing some of that. Mm-hmm. It's hard if your family hasn't been open to having those conversations with you. And it's just, again, I'm not saying there's anything's okay with the reactions of how men respond when they don't share invulnerably, but it's just challenging sometimes. Yeah, societally, I don't think we like, yeah. we don't celebrate it. And I'm not a male apologist. You know, there are sure, adults, sure, they should sure. take care of themselves. 100%, 100%. But I don't think we we make fun of it. It's like, it's hilarious yeah. to think about that even happening. A bunch right. of men sitting around over a bottle of wine and being like, oh man, I've got some body issues. I feel fat this week, you know? Yeah, but you know, everyone's got some insecurities and fears. Fuck yeah, of course. I think if you see it, we're seeing it more. I do Absolutely. think guys talk a lot yeah, more about it. We're starting to more and more, yeah. but I don't think, here's the thing. I just know from experience, when I entered relationships without being in the healing journey, I'm not saying like perfection, healed, yeah. but without being on the journey and without having consistent accountability and support, I'm not saying every week, but just something once a month, once every two months, you go and have support where you talk about, ah, this is working, this isn't working. I just think it's harder. I'm not saying you can't make it happen. I'm sure. not saying it's not the right person for you. It could be. I just think it's a lot harder and it could lead to more volatility up and down. And I want a healthy, beautiful relationship and a healthy, beautiful life. And I know based on my past that when my intimate relationship is up and down, my life is a lot harder. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to live in harmony the best way possible. And I think you shouldn't enter a relationship unless you are saying, okay, I know I got stuff to work on. So let me start the process of working on it then let's get in the relationship. But if you're like, well, I don't want to address it first. Let's just, it just feels good to be around you. It just feels good to like sleep with you. And like, I'm just so connected and we love each other now because we're having fun together. Okay, you still got to face your past at some point. Mm-hmm. So six months, a year into the relationship, when it starts going up and down because you haven't faced it, then you got problems. Mm. And that's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean you don't love this guy. It doesn't mean you don't want the best for these guys or these girls or whatever it might be. But it just makes it harder in the relationship. Yeah. That's what it is. I think that, you know, I can't, 
I know a lot about Ash's last relationship. And for me, the people that I've been in relationships with that have come from some really extreme trauma, it just feels like we're not starting in the same place when we're having an argument. And this is a person that's coming from a place where they've never felt safe. And I've always felt safe. And so we're not speaking the same language. And I dated somebody who I was really in love with who came from some really terrible stuff. And it just felt like every fight, like we just weren't hearing each other at all. And I didn't know how to like even explain. I would say to him, like, I I hear you. And he'd be like, no, you fucking don't. And not like that. But, you know, it it was tough. And I I don't think the answer is always like, just don't date these people. Because he was in therapy and he was trying to work on himself for a long time. I think he was a really emotionally intelligent person. But maybe I was not the right fit for him. I think you were not the right fit for other reasons, not not that. Right. I think that I mean, had we had all those factors not been there, goals yes, if lifestyle goals weren't aligned, I would Were have your values been, aligned? Were your vision aligned? And was your lifestyle aligned? If not, no, you can love and connect. I, yeah. But what so I'm you saying can, to you is yeah. I would have had to suggest going to therapy, at least in the short term, to just understand true, true. each other. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Love, better. love is not enough. You need totally. alignment on values, vision, and lifestyle. Right. You need agreements in order to have a healthy long-term fulfilling relationship. It doesn't mean love can connect you and bond you and have fun together. You can have that, but I'm just talking about long-term healthy relationship. You need values, vision, and lifestyle in alignment. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to be going in the same direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to agree on certain things. Like for me, screaming, raising voices is an agreement. It's just a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean if you do it once in a year because you're overwhelmed and stressed, it's over. There's flexibility in every agreement, but it's like, hey, we're both agreeing to this and we have a third party who's been a witness. So there's someone holding us accountable to a healthy, loving relationship. So there's a lot of people that I connected with, but we had opposite values, vision, and lifestyle, Mm -hmm. or most of it was off and it never worked. And so it's just hard. It doesn't mean you can't love the guy, like the guy, miss the guy, you know, want to hook up with the guy, all these things, but... I'm just speaking about healthy long-term relationships. Yeah, I'm speaking to people also that like are aligned and they're just like, yeah. I feel like I'm trying to support this person and I don't really- Now, if you're in alignment, if like, if you've had, and again, I personally, I've met people that have like, you know, slept together and gotten married the next month and they're together for 20 years. But I just think it's rare, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's hard. And they got lucky on values, vision, and lifestyle. But I just think if you want to have those conversations before you chemically bond mm-hmm. with the God totally. drug, essentially- and get blinded by it so you can be like, okay, let's have these conversations. Are we in alignment? And if not, okay, we're just going to have fun. But it doesn't mean it's going to be a good relationship. I have a question for you. Yes. You guys are in individual therapy and then a couple's therapist. Do you see that forever? Is the therapist the third person in the relationship forever? Let me ask you a question. (laughs) It all depends on what I want. So okay. do you want to do you want to be fit and healthy and like good looking for forever? I mean, I get the correlation. I mean, I do you want that? I get the fitness correlation, but I just ask that from someone who's like, do I sure. do this forever? And so I want to hear you speak to it because I'm not saying it's bad or, I don't or bad think, or not. I don't think but, the couples. But yeah, I'm going to work out forever. <laughs> exactly, because you want to prevent certain things. You want to yeah. stay healthy. You want to yeah. live a longer life. You want to look good. You want to be attractive. Yeah. You want to feel confident. For me. I have a coach in almost every area of my life uh-huh. because as an athlete, did you guys play sports growing up or no? I mean, poorly. I was a cheerleader, but yeah. my brother was an athlete. Yeah, yeah. He's the as athlete a, in the family. As an athlete. He's bigger than you. There you go. As an athlete, <laughs> I could not have accomplished my athletic goals without great coaches. It just wouldn't happen. I could have trained as hard as I wanted to, but you need that feedback from someone to help guide you. Mm-hmm. So I have a business coach. I have a nutrition coach, mm-hmm. a fitness coach, you know, just someone guiding me. It doesn't mean I'm every week I'm working with certain people. It's just having that feedback. So I think... 
having some support and accountability. If you want a long-term healthy anything, relationship, body, mindset, business, it's good to have support. That can look like anything. It can just be like, okay, we've got some friends who are married that we meet with once every three months that we just ask questions to. It can be a therapist. It can be a coach. But I think having someone who's modeling what you want, being in your life, being able to talk to, connect with. I like having structure and having like coaching sessions every couple of weeks for me to just make sure my emotions are being processed, that I'm clearing the energy in my nervous system, that I'm calm, that I'm able to take on the life's stresses calmly in a good way that I can see clearly that I don't get overwhelmed. So for me, it just helps me perform better in life, in my business, in my relationship. For the couples therapy, I just think it's important. Again, we go like once every six or eight weeks or something, you know? So it's not like every week we're going together. Well, I didn't know. And so these are things I want to clarify because sometimes people hear this and they're A, money, right? And B, they're like, is the... Therapist, the third party of this relationship, we see them every week for no, the rest of eternity. Am I stocking up everything to wait for this session every week? But I like, no, I, right. But I, I like what you're saying about just being committed to healing, like however that looks for you. Growing together. Yeah. I, that's what I think. And, and even that doesn't mean it's going to be a successful relationship. It just means I think it has better chances of being more harmonious, loving, right, kind, mm-hmm. generous with each other because you, when she does her own work, like with her own therapist, and she comes back to me and she like, man, I just got, I feel better about this and this and this. Just in her life, I'm like, okay, cool. You're in a great energetic state. And I'm like, I'm proud of you. Like, we're working on stuff together. It's awesome. No mm-hmm. one's no one's perfect. And I'm not expecting her to be. And she's not expecting me to be. But we're still improving. We got a lot of demands in life. You guys have so much going on. Multiple businesses, tours, millions of people every day watching, listening to you different relationships. Like there's a lot of stuff happening. Now you're in LA, you're just moving. Mm -hmm. You got the pressures of the industry, all this different stuff that's happening at once. It's nice to be able to have support. It doesn't have to be a therapist or a coach, but you have each other and you can talk to each other. I like that you said even have friends that you feel inspired by their relationship. I think that's like a nice thing because not everybody can afford therapy, but you know, I do get together with my girlfriends all the time and just vent and it helps me to realize things aren't as big of a deal as I think they are or I should think they're a bigger deal than I do and things like that. And even that helps me a lot. Or this show or your show. Like we're so lucky, like the resources, you know, like we've here every day, married couples like listen to the show, helps them. And not necessarily from just Raina and I's advice, but the guests that we have on the show, like- You really get a lot of valuable information yeah. from free podcasts, Incredible. like ours, like yours, like Jay's, yeah. like whoever it may be, and you can really come away from that hour feeling reset and 100%. rejuvenated in your relationship. Yeah. So whatever it is, whatever support you can access, you mm-hmm. know, if you have the funds to hire a coach once every few months, cool. Yeah. There's a couple of married couples here in LA that I'm like, I just lean on, you know, I just try to hang out with them and be around. They've been married for 30 years. They're happy. They still like mm-hmm. have sex. They like love their lives. Mm-hmm. They love each other. And I'm like, okay, well, there's something here to be around this. it is nice. Yeah. You know, yeah, what's so being- funny is Ash and I have a couple friends whose marriages I think are just the best. And I was out with them on Sunday and I was sitting next to a friend of mine who's single and he was like, I don't know if there's like anything out there. Am I going to find it? And I was like, you're sitting across from two people that like exactly. have done it. You know, it, it's inspiring to see it at least. It yeah. does make you feel like it's possible. Yeah. And, you know, Marta's parents have been married for 40 years. They dance. They sing together. They, like, hold hands. I'm like, that's incredible. That's not mine, are you? It's a, it's a beautiful it's like, experience. Whatever. How did this happen? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, it it's, feels so rare. And my parents did not have that. You know, they were together, but they didn't love each other. They loved us kids, mm-hmm. but they didn't show affection. They didn't model love in a healthy way. 
They modeled like, you know, passive aggressive energy really well. They modeled like screaming and slamming doors really well. They modeled those types of things. So I was like always kind of triggered, but I attracted women who would do those things to me, who would give me the cold shoulder for a day if I didn't say something they wanted me to say, who would scream at me. And I would just, okay, I would give in because I was trying to fix that. I was trying to fix the wound from my childhood by repeating it unconsciously. I wasn't even aware. But that's your model for partnership then. And that's why I had to heal. That's why I had to heal and unwind it and say, what is my vision of the relationship that I want? So we have a shared relationship vision. We have shared values and we have a shared lifestyle. It doesn't mean it's 100% the same. It's aligned. Well, I like that you talk about like figuring that out a little bit before you start like having sex with somebody. You should not. I will go on a crazy sex journey. I mean, I should have sex with sexual people. Like, and I think it does cloud things for me. I mean, wait a couple months and then you can have all the sex you whoa, want with whoa, a person. Whoa. Okay. You know like, what I mean? Like, <laughs> give me like two weeks. Wait a couple months with the guy and then you can have all the sex you want with him. Yeah, yeah. To no, see you if he's have, healthy. It's going to be your person you have forever. You but gotta, what you were you saying about when you meet somebody and like you're like, you can't like, and you're like, that's that's my person. You don't fucking know anything about them. This happened twice to you me. And not, I was like, I'm, this is the best person ever. And like, imagine I started no. having sex with those people. Forget it. You don't I mean, know My that. life would have been over. over. Podcast would be over. You don't, you don't, yeah. Cause then you lose all your energy. You put it all into that person and you're yeah. like just wrapping around this perfect idea of who they are without actually knowing them. And if someone says to you, like, I love you within the first couple of days, run. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. And run. Love bomb Forget stuff. it. Get out of there. Run. Or I see you as my wife, or I want to be no. your, I, I want to have babies I'm with you. There You're lying. Like, I get it. But I'm like, I get it. You should. Like, you want to blow job. But they shouldn't say that in the first few days. <laughs> no. And they should not know that. you. Yeah. They don't know you. They don't know. That's a trauma wound, you know, a chemical yes. response. And you should ask why. Right. It what do you mean? Weird. What, what do you love? You don't know anything. You don't know anything about me. So I don't want you, you don't need to share Martha's personal business, but I mean, it definitely sounds like you guys had different upbringings, you know, where yeah. she has this like fa- family and sounds similar to mine. And, you know, we, you don't need to yeah. sh- over- share on her trauma, but like, it sounds like she might have a little less of than you in that area, like with the way you were brought up and the relationship you saw in terms of your parents. So, and that does work for you yeah. guys, obviously. Yeah. But I think because I was on the healing journey, mm-hmm. she was like, okay. Totally. I know you have a lot of stuff in your past and I accept you for it. And I'm proud of you for being on a healing journey. And you're constantly growing. And, you, and I've been doing this for 10 years. A healing million percent. Because I've got my yeah. show and I bring on therapists like you guys. And I'm, you know, I'm constantly learning and growing. And so she sees that and she's like, oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if I wasn't willing to be like in a growing journey, she probably wouldn't be attracted to me. She might be like, oh, he's a, you know, whatever, a handsome guy that's who's, up. Yeah, who's got who's got his stuff? I'm not into him. Like, cool, he looks nice, but mm-hmm. it's not my life partner. But you hit a wall with people like that, where you're just like, if they're not going to fix themselves, do I just have to accept the product that's in, in front of me? And you how long can it. I do that? You know, if that's you, not fair. If you choose the person, then you're accepting the person. Mm-hmm. I think it's unfair when a partner knows about their past and doesn't accept them. But he says, "I want to commit to you, but I don't accept this things about you. You need to change this." I don't think that's fair. I don't think you should be in that relationship. I think you should say, hey, listen, for me, I want to be in a healthy relationship. This is my value, vision, and lifestyle. If you don't align with this, that sucks. And it's, you know, I don't like that. But are you open to growing on your own? Not because of me, but on your own. Mm -hmm. I think that's when it could work and be a little bit better. But again, you could also not sleep with someone for a year, get married and do all these things and it not work out. Totally. You know what I mean? It's not like it's- There's no guarantees. It's not like the end all be all, like waiting- I just think it helps you more. Yeah, if you start at the same place in life. Yeah, I think so. And I think like life happens, there's challenges, there's adversity, like where you got to face. And how you all respond to it is 
going to help the relationship or hurt it. So, yep. All right. Well, I'm going to get a king bed and squeeze it in that little <laughs> fucking room. Do it. And manifest <laughs> and make space. <laughs> I can't believe it. You convinced I think you me. You should break this lease. You can come over. You can come over. No, we also I love don't the need house. the man to come over to your place all the time, but having the bed. Oh, it's just, you're right. Someone else said this to me. And so it's like, it, it's be been there. reinforced. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I love this house. I'm obsessed with no, it. No, stay there. Just, it's like, great. No, put it's the king really, in there. So really, that I'm just kidding. You can come for a couple nights, but you're going to be going to his place. Yeah. More often, too. <laughs> it's just a room with a bed. Sorry, you just you go in the doorway, you just dive this into the bed. This room is just for fucking. So, so welcome. You Everywhere you go, the room, it's just bed. You just roll over. It's just bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. I know that people are going to really want more of you and your insights. So tell everybody where they can find your book and your podcast and everything. I mean, yeah, School of Greatness show. Uh, we got to have you guys on sometime in the future for yeah, sure and it. talk about. I mean, I'm going to be grilling you guys like hard on this stuff. You know, Ooh, I'm going to love that. Yeah, School of Greatness. <laughs> well, I have a lot of therapists and neuroscientists on about like kind of the healing journey uh, and the greatest mindset book which is all about really owning your past so you can have a powerful future so they can get the book anywhere the greatness mindset uh, book anywhere online or Barnes and Noble out tomorrow pre-order it today yeah okay well thanks for being here appreciate you ladies thanks yeah, so much thanks yes and I'll take us out you guys girlsgottoeat.com girlsgottoeatpodcast on Instagram girlsgottoeatpodcast on TikTok I don't want to forget that Ooh. I am Ash Hess Raina is Raina.Greenberg vibesonly.com and vibesonly on Instagram and subscribe to the YouTube share with a friend and we'll see you next week have a good week guys bye <laughs>